0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the black and white podcast. And um, let me be the first to say happy holidays. So, uh, Hopefully you enjoy this part one, a part two podcast. We're going to start with uh, the Houston Rockets Rushmore. So we're, we're going to talk about my Rushmore. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Um, so as I said and I told you before, we're going to be doing the Houston Rockets uh, rush more today. Um, been doing a bit of research here in Luke, that hardcore five-minute to ten-minute research we always do just before uh, we get into it. Um, Houston is definitely, I mean, my team, uh, you know, and we'll do the Suns part two uh, with Luke. So there's definitely a lot of feeling here. Um, as you'll you'll feel my fourth pick. That's all I have to say about that. Um, so let's uh, let's get it without further ado. Um, I think we have a consensus number one here. Uh, Luke, who's
1: your number one guy here uh, on the Rockets Rushmore? I think it has to be the man who got a quadruple double, the Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer. He's one of the greatest centers in NBA history. So if he's one of the greatest in the entire league, I think he can be the greatest for that particular team. Uh, and I think, you know, as you're aware, I think he transcends what it means to be Houston Rockets where he maintained loyalty uh, there are the whole time. Uh, I think he even went to university in Houston. Uh, so it's just this idea of growing entirely through the Houston system, both in the university level, but also in the professional level uh 26 points 11 rebounds and 3.3 blocks that's his career average i believe Mm -hmm. and to me that is number one on any team
0: yeah um i mean there's not much to say about hakeem that hasn't already been said by you um and the main thing there is what we won't be able to talk about a lot with a lot of these rocket players is champion he's a he's a two-time champion Um, You can, you know, talk about how Jordan would have won two more if Jordan was there. Possibly, possibly not. Uh, Kerr's been on the record saying there's no way that they would have won eight. So, you know, at what point do the wheels fall off? You can say, and I I do agree with a lot of people uh, to say that, you know, Bulls are probably a better team than the Rockets were with how, you know, they struggled. Uh, against certain teams that the Bulls not necessarily, but that's all hypothetical. The reality is, is that Houston in that era is the second best team in the '90s, uh, winning those two championships. And again, as you said, uh, they were led by none other than Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, a few MVPs he could have won too, as well. I think that he didn't get as well, um, uh, and he showed them up. So rather than you know being a guy that was uh, you know mopes or whines and complains and has to go to the media. He's like, well, I'll just let my game do the talking. So when, for example, David Robinson won his and they met the Spurs in, I think, the first round or the second round or whatever it might be, uh, I think it was the first round because uh, uh, he got his, uh, he got his uh, trophy. Uh, Hakeem absolutely dominated the MVP like none other. Uh, you don't often see that when you see an MVP, they're usually the one dominating everybody else for the most part. Um, Hakeem means so much to me as a player. Um, again, we'll talk about another one of my top players, uh, Tracy McGrady as well, but I couldn't patent my game around Tracy McGrady scoring. Uh, so I looked to Hakeem, <laughs> Luke's laughing over here. I looked to Hakeem, uh, his play style. Um, so the way I teach, for example, individual kids who I think have potential, I'll, I'll just, I'll tell them go watch Hakeem or we'll play one-on-one and I'll show them, for example, moves that Hakeem worked on really well. I know of a few players I'll give a shout out to. Um, an anonymous shout out to, um, but I have a few players in Saint Maurice who individually were incredible players down in the post because uh, they had moves, but they had counter moves to their own counter moves. Um, so they were really successful in the post because there's no low post presence back, you know, at the time. So I got to give a yeah huge shout out to Hakeem, uh, uh, just an incredible player, 1994 uh, or 1984, I should say, not 94, but 1984 draft pick and. Number one over Jordan, and you know that guy named Sam Bowie. So uh, enough said about Hakeem here. I don't know if you had a few last words about this before we move on. I was going to say,
1: like, at least he wasn't the mistake. (laughs) If you if you picked Elijah one over Jordan, I don't think I would fault you. But if you were the one to pick Sam Bowie, I think you you might have lost your job. Yeah. Uh, So to say that to say that you were drafted before Jordan and you weren't a mistake, I think is is that's huge the greatest player of all time yeah
0: yeah so so yeah it's it's incredible when you don't hear people saying oh you took Hakeem (laughs) haha like no like Hakeem Hakeem's a great player uh in his own right um let's go let's get into it number two who do you who do you got there
1: I got Moses Malone uh 24 points 15 rebounds as a career he's probably one of the greatest centers in NBA history and he actually led, led the Rockets to an NBA Finals. Uh, didn't win, but, you know, 1981, I believe. Um, mm. so, so, you know, just this idea of, like, still being successful. Didn't win at all, but he actually got him somewhere. And so there's no question uh, he has the stats. He was able to get them to the end. You know, obviously he didn't win it, but got them to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no, like, real question. Is he potentially a top four? I think... I think he deserves to be there just because he is such a talented person. he really didn't, um, he didn't really do anything. Like he played for other teams, but it wasn't like he did something somewhere else first and then came to the the Rockets later. It was like, he was equally and likely more successful with the Rockets than anywhere else.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have nothing much to add there. I'm just going to throw in five-time NBA all-star, four-time all-NBA selection, one-time NBA all-defensive team. And a two-time NBA and, uh, and MVP, as we said before, a lot of that may have not necessarily been on the Rockets, but I mean, he's still a very decorated player to not to not put him on the top four. I think we both agreed um, that, you know, there were some good players on that championship team, but I think it was more like Hakeem and company and in some respects, maybe Drexler gets thrown on there. But I mean... Spoiler alert, we didn't even have Drexler in the top four or in our four Rushmore. So um, I think we got to give credit to these great players that didn't necessarily win, got close maybe as we did with Moses, Uh, but we're just greater Rocket uh, ambassadors, great Rocket players. Um, So uh, an agreement there. Again, uh, I'm pretty short-lived with history. Um, Number
1: three, Mr. Luke. Uh, I think I have to go uh, back in history uh, when the Rockets were actually in San Diego. Shout out to my former hometown, Uh, you know, but uh, I think Elvin um, Hayes, I think is is fair with this one. Uh, I know that he played uh, in Washington for a little bit, but I mean, with uh, the San Diego Rockets, he, you know, averaged eight twenty-eight 28 points. 17 rebounds uh you know 18 rebounds 21 points it wasn't until he left um you know to go to Washington I think he also went uh Baltimore I think before they went to Washington but his most successful years were with San Diego and then eventually he returned to Houston where Mm -hmm. he maybe wasn't as successful but I think it, it sort of shows that again you know with every team there's like that idea of what that particular person should be like what a Laker should be what a you know, Spurs right. should be for me. I think the Houston people they're like they come back, they, they come to the city and they represent the city regardless of the circumstances. And I think you know, Elvin Hayes really succeeded and then he went away and then came back so he could finish his career with, with Houston. So to me, you know, career averages of 21 and 12 I think are pretty solid. Um, you know, obviously, he didn't win anything, but you know, very few unfortunately did with the Houston Rockets. It was really those two years with that game. Where they were really, really successful, winning it all. Uh, so I think it's I think it's reasonable to give Elvin Hayes, and he's top fifty in NBA history, according to the NBA.com rankings. So I think it would be hard pressed to leave him off of our Mount Rushmore if he was top fifty in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what it sort of comes down to is uh, we struggled with a few of these guys as we were talking as well. Even me, I wasn't sure whether to put uh, Elvin Hayes there uh but uh yes i mean he spent seven years with houston averaging you know as you said about 21 12 rebounds about a block in houston um so his longevity cannot be denied but ultimately you said it right at the end i mean one one of the 50th greatest players in nba yes. um and that, that was the one thing that i struggled with because i was going to put calvin murphy there but calvin is not a top 50 player uh, great player nonetheless, but not a one fit. So I, I, I have to, I ultimately agreed, but I struggled with that one. Uh, cause yeah. we'll talk a little bit about Calvin Murphy as an honor roll as well. Um, so one, two, three done. This is where, uh, my subjectivity is going to kill me, but I do agree with your pick. Um, so, um, uh, I will go with mine and then I'll let you just, dis- uh, let you pick our fourth Houston rocket. Um, so for me it has to be but it's not of course Uh, the reality is uh, it's Tracy McGrady um, Orlando guy well the reason why I'm Orlando fan Tracy McGrady reason why I'm a Houston Rocket fan is the same guy and then he just kind of kept me with the team so I do follow both the Orlando Magic and Houston couldn't really follow him after there's too many teams to follow after Atlanta New York just to name a few uh, that I was on. I was like, forget the it. China He's kind of the China teams. i have followed it. So <laughs> I kind of stopped at Houston because uh, I think those two uh, teams were uh, his kind of shining, shining star. Thank you. Uh, Toronto. He was, you know, he was Toronto. Uh, he did all right, but rookie season, you know, he wanted out. So um, Tracy McGrady, uh, I don't know what it is about his play style, uh, but I know if he was healthy, uh, I wouldn't, I don't want to be egregious and say, you know, he'd be right there with Kobe, but I think he'd be a cup, a cup below Kobe. I think when Kobe says, you know, who was the hardest guy that he ever guarded. And we're talking about, you know, one of the greatest players ever to say, uh, to utter the name uh, of a guy uh, named Tracy McGrady. It's, a, it's almost impossible not to recognize a guy like that uh, when Kobe's saying something about him. Um, so I definitely want to give a shout out to Tracy McGrady. I understand the longevity, maybe not necessarily there. Uh, what he was able to do in Houston wasn't not necessarily as great as these other players as well. Um, I do want to give credit. So when I, I remember watching him when you and I were competing Phoenix Houston uh, for that last spot, uh, sometimes in the playoffs. I remember there was a year where the Boston Celtics had the big three. And do you remember when they went uh, – you can comment on this too, but do you remember when they went on that, like, 22-game winning streak?
1: I think so, yeah, yeah. The
0: Rockets went on a 22-game winning streak and only got denied by Boston. Um, <laughs> that was special. And uh, a lot of it had was really up – was Tracy McGrady being healthy. Because I think at the time, yeah, was maybe out. He was in and out. Uh, but yeah. McGrady was the one that was really picking up the pieces. Uh, McGrady being unlucky – in Orlando uh, with Grant Hill, and then again with Yao Ming in uh, in Houston. Because I mean, imagine if you tell me, imagine what would happen if those two guys were healthy. Yeah. You think they win a championship, or do you, do you think that, you know they're they they get to the finals at least?
1: Oh, yeah. Those two pieces. I think if they're playing together, they're both healthy at the same time. Uh, you know, I'd I'd be curious to see what their stats were, uh, together. Like, I wonder what their winning record would be because they played a lot separately uh, just because right. of injuries. But I mean, a man who scored 13 points in 33 seconds, you know, <laughs> right, on me, <laughs> right on the Spurs head, right on the Spurs. Like, to me, that's sort of uh, again, it's this idea of like, what, is, what does it mean to be a rocket? And I think that this transcendence beyond just the basketball floor and this uh, the fact that you are able to attach yourself to somebody because of how they, you know, were perceived on the court you know it's beyond just basketball it's like you've connected to him on a deeper level and to me that's a rocket that's a rocket right there It's like mm-hmm. being able to connect to this person so like the guys we didn't mention are kept off the list like Yao Ming yeah you know Kelvin Murphy people being able to connect to these people like Yao Ming in China bringing in China into the NBA like yeah. Yao Ming was the reason why and that's why you have a lot of Yao Ming fans yeah uh, you know those kinds of guys like uh you know going deeper and deeper into it like that's why a lot of these guys are are even considered like as you say Kevin Murphy like not really like a star anywhere pretty good pretty good player but like 13 he spent, years his, he spent of... his entire career there yeah and to me that's that's a rocket and that's why he's even considered uh, you know guys like uh, Clyde, Clyde Drexler you know I won't give away my fourth guy just because but like right. you now these people sort of uh, attach themselves and when you think about Houston Rockets you think about those guys. You know, the Yumming, the Trace McGrady, the Hakeems, yeah. uh, just because that's what they that's what they mean. You don't think about any other second team they played for. Yeah. You know, whether it's, I mean, didn't even know that McGrady played for, was it the Knicks?
0: Yeah, he played for the Knicks and Atlanta.
1: Atlanta, Detroit. Like, I don't even know. I can't even yeah, remember Detroit. him playing for those. I remember the Rockets, you know, and the fact that he got, um, you know, 25, 26 points, uh, you know, six and a half rebounds, five assists. That's pretty good stats, you know. So to me, I, I'm not upset with that pick. Um, just to sort of pot a little bit, I chose uh, James Harden to be my fourth. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, maybe he didn't win anything. Uh, and I think that's the one, I think for him, the fact that he didn't win anything and the way he left really sort of taints who he was as a Rocket. Yeah. But going to the Rockets gave him a chance to show everybody that he wasn't just a six man. He was the star in the NBA, you know, winning the MVP there. Um, you know, I think if they had better players around him, I think he probably wins the championship, but he literally was the guy. They tried to fit guys into his style rather than build around him. Sort of what the, uh, the nets are doing right now is sort of building around his abilities rather than just kind of mash people together and hope for the best. Like right. they should not have chosen Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook to put beside James Harden. You know, I think Kyrie Irving, despite how crazy he might be in some of his theories, the, the, his ability to step away and say, you are the point guard. I'll let you be the point guard. Um, that really is what has allowed James Harden to shine. Um, I think he's one of the greatest isolation scorers of all time. Uh, he really, he, I think he's one of the ones, along with Steph Curry, maybe that sort of revolutionized how the NBA is being played. Uh, you know, his ability to get fouls and score and be aggressive off all three levels of the game, uh, I think are second to none. Uh, and as I say, I think that MVP award really justifies why he can be top four. I think if he doesn't win the MVP award, I don't know. I think he would, he would probably, someone else here, I think you could probably put Yao Ming there instead, uh, right. just because of what Yao Ming means to everybody else, right. means to the world, uh, even with Claude Drexler. But I think because he wins that MVP, I'm not uncomfortable with putting him number four. He's sort of that bridge from the Yao Ming-McGrady era till now. Right. Uh, he really created that bridge. Yeah, when Uh, you think of success, it's
0: definitely like current success, uh, or that era, twenty—I don't know, fourteen to whatever, or thirteen, whatever you want to say. Right after OKC's kind of downfall, you have to give Harden a lot of props and respect. So yeah, I would I would agree that Harden definitely should be up there, Um, or you can sort of interchange it. But with Harden being there, uh, I have to agree. I mean, the relevancy of Houston was him. Um, I do want to give credit to one guy that we'll also we'll talk about in the Suns is Chris Paul because I also give a lot of love and respect to Chris Paul. Um, I think yes, you know Harden was great too, but I think uh, I think Chris Paul at times did elevate Harden. I just think the personalities didn't mesh more than just the abilities and the play style for me personally. And again, if uh, that if Chris Paul is healthy, that game I think we knock the Warriors off and we win the championship that year. Um, that's, and then the other thing is, you know, people are telling me I should be bitter to Harden, but I'm not bitter. Yes. You know, the way he went out and I agree objectively, it's a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I don't, I don't see how he'll get any further in the, in the Rushmore. He might go down eventually. In fact, if you know, another great rock, rocket comes up or a future rocket comes up. Uh, maybe Christian Wood. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, oh, Chandler, Chandler. 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 <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can do something. But um, I'm, I'm not bitter. So I don't know why people feel like they can sort of put me in a box and say, oh, you should hate Harden now. I'm like, no, um, I still think about all the great things he done. Uh, the one thing I'll say or one one quick story is I'll always remember exactly the one about the Clippers, uh, the Clippers being up 31 on us. <laughs> Uh, and we we make the most incredible comeback uh, to win four three, um, uh, and Doc Rivers gets that sort of that uh, that uh, that label of being the coach that goes down three one three different times. I think I think that was the second time. I think he did one in Orlando, yeah. which so it's self burn for me because I'm a Magic fan. But um, I just think uh, you know Harden led that, and that was I think that was during Har- Howard's time. That was before Chris Paul. Um, so what they were able to do in terms of success, and then we got to also give a shout out. We'll give a shout out to as well. Um, since we're pretty much wrapping up here, we got to give a shout out to, uh, my, my GM, my favorite GM of all time, Daryl, the King Maury. Uh, (laughs) I know Luke's shaking his head there big time because, uh, he's a man of, he's a man of analytics. Uh, (laughs) he loves his analytics. Uh, Whether I agree or disagree, I mean, he's built a team or he did build a team that unfortunately got screwed by injuries and just as part of it. But the analytics was there for uh, a lot of time. So I got to give a shout out to Daryl Morey and I got to give a shout out to Mike D'Antoni. It's funny uh, how many players or, you know, how many players or people we're talking about that's actually shared with the Suns. But you can see that these guys are great wherever they go, whether that be Chris Paul or D'Antoni. Uh, on the Houston and Suns as well. So I got to give a shout out to D'Antoni, revolutionizing the Houston Rockets kind of play style and making Harden, in this case, the point guard uh, and completely changing, you know, how great of a player he was as well. So I got to give definitely a shout out to those two uh,
1: executives and coaches as well. Uh, And I'll give you the last word. No, I think think those are valid. I think Mori not only changed the Rockets, but he changed the entire league like the league is now doing that three and key style. And like you talk about in high school and yeah. universities, like, you know, it used to be three and like, what was it? Three and layups? Didn't sound right, but three and layups. Yeah. And now it's three and key. Cause it sounds cool, but anything that's had the key, uh, you know, sort of revolutionizing the way you coach basketball and what you're targeting. Like, uh, so I think for me, that's, that's huge. And I mean, you got to give a shout out to Rudy Tomjanovic. Yes. Thank uh, you available. for mentioning that winning the the two championships that Jordan didn't win, uh, you know, really breaking up that legacy, like, uh, you know, as a rocket stand, I'm sure there's an element of, you know, Rudy's like the guy, but to me, it's like, um, you know, you challenged, you challenged something that was unchallengeable and you succeeded. Maybe Jordan wasn't there, but um, the fact that you you were the one that won something. Somebody has to win those championships. Yeah. Someone won them and, and you won it both times. And I think that's, to me, is is valid because it's not like someone just left and and everyone started scrambling and winning everything it's like you won both and so you were there you know uh so i give a shout out to him as a coach and you know as i say like this was hard because there's a lot of great players and there were a lot of players that didn't succeed and a lot of players that did succeed and how do you determine who's better than who uh and it's really what comes down to who who transcends the rocketness who is a rocket at heart and i think i think those four or five, I guess, five in this case, really sort of transcend that. And so, so do some of the guys who didn't put in, like Yao Ming and yeah, you know, even Charles Barkley. Um, yeah, even Barkley, <laughs> Scotty, Scotty Pippen,
0: Robert Horry. We're just going to name you know, guys now. Clyde Drexler, Ralph Sampson, you know, <laughs> I know Vernon, all Vernon Maxwell. <laughs> Vernon Maxwell, <laughs> I will say, because he didn't mention Vernon Maxwell before, I will give him a shout out. Uh, Vernon Maxwell was the leader on that team for sure. Like, he was a voice. On that team, the reason I mentioned that because it's a TNT, it's a uh, in TNT. They were talking about the Houston Rockets, and you know, uh, our man Kenny Smith likes to say he's a great player. So he's talking about how he was the voice of the team, and Robert Horry's like, "What the heck are you talking about, Kenny Smith? Get out of here!" So. Uh, I mean, Kenny Smith also like they all had roles on the team, and they knew their roles, and it was just perfect the roles. So, um, let's finish off there, Houston. Uh, thank you so much for the good times. I was supposed to be with you last week, but that's okay. We'll talk about that in the update, um, or I guess we have already talked about it in the update. And you know how I feel about it, anyway. So, um, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, thank you again for listening uh, to our podcast. Be able, you know, be sure to hear us on Spotify. And I'm hoping you're enjoying your holidays uh, and, you know, be ready, uh, uh, get, uh, get ready for part two, where we talk about uh, Luke's Phoenix Suns. So goodbye, take care, and we'll see you on another podcast. Peace. Okay.